It's Law and Gospel on this Thursday, August the 24th in the year of our Lord, 2023. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and with me is Wes Reimnitz as we take a look at an interesting subject for today. But before I do so, Wes, are you hitting 100 degrees for about five days in Springfield, Illinois? Yeah, we are. The idea is to keep as cool as possible. Now, you moved into your new house or not? We're half and half. Uh, we're showing oh, the sir. old house. We're showing showing the old house while we're moving stuff into the new place. So, won't get moved until sometime in September completely. Right. Yeah, that's quite a job to do. I, I think that's also a big reason moving these days why a lot of pastors are not taking calls because it's such a big job to move from one location that you're already settled in to somewhere where you don't know what's going to be happening. 30 years in this house, and so there was a lot of stuff we we accumulated that we don't really need as we downsize, except, you know, I found that I had over 15 Bibles in my house. My All of the same translation? No, uh, four of them were, were Greek, uh, Greek New oh, yeah. Testament. Wow. And the rest were English. Of course, that doesn't talk about the ones on the computer. But when you talk about that, got over a hundred translations on the on the computer. Well, do you have one of those big concordance books, like Strong's Concordance? I had Young Van Strong, and I regret the day that I gave him away to the to to uh, uh, a seminary, the Haitian seminary in Haiti needed some books, and I I sent them on there, and I, I wish I had kept one of them. Yes, I just used Strong's last week. Remember, Jesus is talking to this woman who asks that her daughter be healed, and he says, why do we give bread to the dogs? Mm. And refers to her as a dog. And... Boy, that doesn't sound very nice, does it? No, it doesn't. So I looked up the word dogs and found out that there are 33 times the word dogs appear. But there are four renditions of the word dog that is different. Most dogs like the one that ate up Jezebel, remember? Oh, yeah. They're mongrels. But the words that Jesus uses in both the parable of Lazarus and Dives, remember the dogs lick his wounds, and right. then to the woman is a pet dog, a really nice dog. And that's why she comes back and says, yes, 
but even the dogs love to eat the bread that fall from the master's table. And that's her faith in Jesus. So you really need to know the original languages to help solve some of the apparent sayings of Jesus that sound pretty bad, but in reality, they are not at all. And I think that, was, I, that was strong I, concordance that helped me with that. Yeah, I agree with you. A good concordance makes makes a difference. Um, what I've been trying to do is downsize my library because as we move into a new place, uh, we're downsizing everything we got. But I'm been hanging on to these Bibles of mine. Uh, yeah. You know, like my mother's Bible and my grandmother's Bible and things like that. Well, you know what I had done a few months ago? I gave away 6,000 books from my oh, library. My. And I said, any congregation can come and get them. And they've done that. And since then, I've found about 400 more books I've had that I'm going to contact them to see if they want them also. Because there is no doubt that the computer really helps you in a lot of the books or a lot of the things. Or if you get the commentaries on each book of the Bible from Concordia Publishing House, that's really good. Yeah, I so, had some of those. Yeah. I got Revelations with Brighton, and I just love that book. I had the fortunate experience of taking a graduate course with him on the book wow. of Revelation. And uh, it was a real eye-opener because I didn't realize what many of these passages meant. But it leads us to the topic that you've given us today, uh, an email from Bob Burkle. It's called Starving in Our Abundance of God's Word. And so he uses what I would call a kind of a parable or a simile or a metaphor to talk about the importance of God's Word. What is his experience he talks about? Well, you know, back when they had the, the COVID-19 crisis, he was on death's door, and he went uh, about three days without eating, and at one point his body stopped expecting food, and, I, and he didn't really feel hungry. The nurses strongly encouraged him to eat something. But after one bite, he, he'd be done. He had no appetite. He had no sense of hunger. After that time, it occurred to him how often we as followers of Christ can become like that spiritually. When we are now regularly consuming God's Word, we stop having a hunger for it. We can be starving God's Word but may not even realize that we've gotten out of the habit of reading our, our scripture regularly. Now, that's a really good point that he makes. And I had never thought about that, that when we aren't consuming God's word regularly, 
we stop having a hunger for it. Now, did you not find that as true when you're dealing with people who have stopped coming to church for three or four months and you go and talk to them? Oh, without a doubt, you know, it was like reintroducing the Holy Spirit to them to try and jugger a little little bit in there. Uh, I always like calling on what we call the delinquents that hadn't been in church for a while. Because when you share the word with them, you're leaving with them the Holy Spirit and their struggle now is with God. Yeah, he talks about the American Bible Society did a survey, and they found that in 2070, I'm sorry, 2020, (laughs) uh, 50% of Americans were reading the Bible. But today, it's down to 39%. Boy. That was... That that kind of number kind of shocked me. I I wonder if that's they're not reading it or are they going online and watching uh, worship services or is this really a a downtrend in the reading process? Well, he talks about Christians who have multiple Bibles, just like you have, Wes multiple Bibles on their shelves. But what's the problem? They never opened them. You know, I had these multiple Bibles on my shelves, but so many of them are different translations, New American Standard, English Version, uh, King James, RSV, Respite Standard Version, uh, uh, the Beck translation, you know, each one has a little bit different uh, take on some of the way that they interpret or, or write to translate the Gospels. Yes, I have a Bible that has six versions in it, uh, three on one page, three on the opposite page. So you can go and open up like Galatians 3, and see six different versions just in that Bible. And that's been a real help to help you understand how different scholars interpret the different parts of the Bible. And then to make your decision, you can always go back to the original and see what it means. You know, that reminds me of my mother's Bible. She had something like four versions parallel to each other, and she found that really helpful in in her daily walk uh, with, with the Lord. Yes, he gives another metaphor that people who stop reading the Bible, they're hungry for it, they're unaware of it, but it's like being hungry with a refrigerator full of food and not eating anything from it. Boy. And I guess that um, happens with COVID. Is that right? Yeah. I, I found that to, to be interesting where 
where nothing seems to, where you lose your taste is what what happens sometimes with COVID. So nothing appeals to you in terms of eating. So what do we really need, therefore, from his point of view? Well, um, what we really need is the meat of God's word. And he quotes here Hebrews chapter 5, which I found was, was interesting. And what does that say? For though by the time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. The solid food is for the mature, for those who have their power, power of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Yes. And, and so what he's saying is that when you go and visit a delinquent, you need to gradually reintroduce him to solid food, and you start by using the milk and then pray that that milk gets him interested in hearing the rest of the Bible. And what are a lot of people consumers of today that he describes as a possible variation of biblical studies? I thought he made a great point that we become consumers of junk food rather than healthy. And they feel full, but nutritionally, they aren't satisfied. They're eating mass toxic chemicals, which taste good, and not fulfill the body's nutritional needs. And he makes that comparison with the Christian. Yes. Now, I tell you, when I'm tasting something I'm interested in, it usually goes to peanuts or potato chips with chip dip and these kinds of things. And I can hardly eat meat unless it has some kind of, well, well, what do we call that? Um, that you put on top of meat, either ketchup or sour cream or something hey, along that one. What? Steak sauce. Oh, boy. Is that ever good? The trouble is, try and find those items that have no salt. Oh, yeah. You go through fast food like uh, White Castle, and they salt those things down. Oh, don't tell me that, because I've got White Castles <laughs> in my refrigerator. <laughs> I couldn't resist. Oh, yeah. I come home. I don't want Louise to work too hard. All you have to do is put it in a microwave for 37 seconds, and boy, are they ever good. <laughs> but but I thought his, his point, you know, talking about consumers of junk food, it, it gets unhealthy for them. How many people go to a church where they're getting, quote, junk food? Where, uh, oh, that's a good point. That's right. That's they're not I mean. hearing the word of God properly. 
Right. Yeah. Go ahead. They're being given the impression that insofar as you follow the commandments or do what you believe to be done, you'll be all right. Now, what I found interesting here, you know, we're studying the book of Proverbs a lot of times on Wednesday. He quotes two passages from Proverbs. I really like the first one. What is it? A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in the expression of his opinion. And you know where where made me think is sometimes people go and say, I don't know what the Bible says, but but this is what I say it is. Well said. Well said. That's a real problem. Because we want to hear things that are pleasing to our ears rather than what we need to hear and pay attention to. He also, that was Proverbs 18.2. He also quotes Proverbs 12.15. What does that say? The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. That's really a big point in the book of Proverbs is we need to always seek advice from those who understand God's will. And that's why it's very important at a church that the young people feel welcomed and also where adults are speaking to them and that they're involved in teaching them so that they don't fall away from the church. Well, you know what that reminds me of? No. It's Second Timothy chapter 3 and 4, where Paul talks to Timothy that all Scripture is breathed by God, profitable for teaching, for reproof, correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God be may be complete, equipped for everyday work. And then he talks to him about the... the uh, to be ready to preach the word in season and out of season, rebuke, exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but will have itching ears that accumulate for themselves teachers yep. who suit their own person. In other words, the reason to be hearing God's word from the Bible is that only God can provide what we truly need. And that's the fruit of the Spirit. He's quoting Galatians 5, 22 and 23. And what is the fruit of the Spirit? Well, it's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, which such things there is no law. Yes. Now, he's also involved in a group that sends Bibles overseas. But, of course, we're doing that also with Concordia Mission Society, as an example. And that is definitely a way in which in Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Siberia, we're giving the Word of God to people. And what happens when they receive that Word of God, 
that life-giving news? Well, people are forever being changed. That is, it takes hold of their hearts and, and, and it transforms them. Exactly. And that's simply by giving a Bible. Sometimes you don't have to give a whole Bible. Uh, when we were working in meeting with Jewish people, we had only a small section of the Old Testament. We didn't even use New Testament verses. And I remember one occasion when we were quoting from Isaiah, where it talks about Jesus suffering for our sins, that the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all, and that by his suffering and death, we are saved. And we were talking to a Jewish woman and we quoted Isaiah, but we didn't tell her it was Isaiah. And you know what she said? This is Isaiah? Nope. She says, I'm sorry, we don't believe the New Testament. <laughs> oh, my. Yes, she thought it was the New Testament. And oh. that's why you can remember Jesus on the road to Emmaus. What did he use to convince the two disciples of the necessity of his crucifixion and result of his resurrection? Well, there's where he did that Bible study, and the only written word at that time was the Old Testament. Yes. You see, people have a need for God's word but they don't realize it. Remember we talked about that atheist that became a Christian recently, yes. Auden, who said, I became a Christian because when I came to know Jesus, I discovered that he did not fulfill any of my dreams or hopes. And when I first heard that, I wasn't sure I read it right. But then he explained that as an atheist, his dreams and hopes were his sinful dreams and hopes. And Jesus didn't fulfill any of them. He had his eyes on the earth rather than on heaven. And don't that you, can be a real problem. Yeah. Don't you find, though, that when, when you're talking with parishioners or, or friends or people, that you you often go to quote them scripture. I mean, lately I've had uh, friends call me up and we talk about problems going on with life, and all of a sudden I'm going through the Bible, giving them Bible passages that that to fit their needs. Yeah, that's what we did yesterday. Uh, instead of a Proverbs, we looked at one of the Psalms, and it was just filled with good news. When, when you go to a hospital and somebody is, well, worried about their sickness or afraid of the surgery, what parts of the Bible do you read? Uh, well, I read, read from the Psalms or I read uh, from the Gospel where Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. And uh, 
it just kind of depends on the on, on the person. I remember one going through a real bad heart surgery, and we read several scripture passages. I don't even remember which ones in the prayers. And I remember her talking about, she says, I'm at peace. I, I can go through this. I can do this. It's just like a peace has come over me now. Yes, I had a lady. She was on the second floor. Surgery was on the third. And what she was afraid of was going into the elevator on the way up to the third floor. She had that illness or that psychological problem of being encamped in a small space. So we prayed. The next day I saw her after surgery and she was so happy that she was not afraid when she went into the elevator. Didn't even hardly talk about the surgery, which of course was successful also. So this point that we're making today, the body needs nutritional nourishment from food and water. So does our soul. And what doesn't work? Trump food. You know, and that was interesting because yesterday I listened to the, to your broadcast and that was Psalms 115 and I, I thought, wow, what, what comfort that psalm gives. Yeah, I really like where God through David talks about idols. They got mouths but can't talk. They have oh, ears yeah. but can't hear. Yeah. Well, the the fact that there's a God who listens and a God who hears, and and he, of course, you brought brought in the point about Jesus' death and resurrection and forgiveness that is found through Christ. Yeah, that's the message of the Bible, and we have a lot of young people these days who are leaving the church, but they don't realize that they're hungry for the true word of God. And therefore we need to be speaking to them, maybe at first giving them the milk of the word, but then moving to the meat of the word so they become excited too. But thanks so much, Pastor Reimnitz, in helping us with this email, starving, in our abundance of God's word. And we'll be talking about law and gospel on tomorrow's broadcast also. So be with us if you're able to at 9.30 in the morning. I'm Tom Baker. That was Wes Reimnitz. God bless you. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your checkout to Law and Gospel and mail to Law and Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962.
Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.